do you want to go straight into the Grammys? And then I want to, I, I do want to bitch about into the decade list the more I think about it. And then um, BTS and then Fortet. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, let's do it. Welcome to the 5050 Podcast, Episode 5. Welcome to 5050, a music podcast presented by CinemaSins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, felt that in my my, my, my gonads. There you go, yeah. It's good to be here. Good to be back. This is uh, this is Mike Hester and Barrett Chair. Hey. How's everybody doing? Hope you're enjoying it. Um, and we got several topics that we want to get into today. Some mm-hmm. uh, popular things. Barrett, let's start with the Grammys. Let's talk about the Grammys yeah. first. As we record this, it was just uh, this prior weekend mm -hmm. uh, that the Grammys uh, premiered. Yeah, we both watched it, and uh, we haven't talked about it at all, so I'm really curious what you think, uh, because I definitely have my own takes on this. So, you want to go first? Yeah, okay. So, it had all of the bad shit uh, that a a typical Grammy uh, performance has, or or broadcast has. Uh, They've been really, really bad recently. Yes. Uh, The night started out weird because Kobe Bryant had just died, and they held the, 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 the ceremony in the Staples Center where the Lakers play and all that uh-huh. stuff. So there was an awkward transition of trying to get started and everything. And so that was like a weird false start. But then I'd say probably, I haven't done the math, I'd say I loved about 30% of the performances. I liked about 60 to 70% of the performances. And I hated 30% of the performances. <laughs> yes, the math checks out. Don't don't use the calculator. Uh, so there was some real standouts. Tyler, the creator, was a huge standout. Lizzo, I'd I'd seen do this thing before, but she's awesome at it. So mm-hmm. I liked that a lot. Uh, I thought Demi Lovato was very moving. I thought Camila Cabello was really good. Bonnie Raitt was really good doing the John Prine thing. Uh, so overall, I thought it was great. I thought the Aerosmith Run DMC thing was such a shit show that I couldn't even watch it. It was so cringy that I couldn't even watch it. So I had to run out of the room for a little bit. (laughs) Anyway, that's my overall impression. I generally liked it. That's funny. I I kept watching it, even though it just seemed to take forever. Yeah. It went long. It wasn't long this year. It it didn't. And they, they, for as many different people, as many types of people that they brought out, it didn't feel like it was hugely representative of the year may like maybe Billie Eilish mm-hmm. uh you know she's a big deal but then and and maybe it's just because what I'm into because you know I love that Lana Del Rey album like I, I talked about and I wanted more love for Lizzo because I think she yeah. was truly the best pop star with hooks and the mm-hmm. like and I, I was wanting some more things with her. And then it was just, at the end, it was just Billie Eilish after Billie Eilish. And it just got so annoying. Even she was sick she, of it. <laughs> she was annoyed by it. And it it felt like a lot of decisions were made based on, like, some old corporate guy. Like, remember what was cool years ago? The Run yeah. DMC. and oh, the, yeah, the, yeah, And they're doing sure. that. And then now, oh, now we're going to be cool. And, and really, we're going to... We're going to love this one woman, but it is too much. It's too much love for for her. And I agree. <sighs> you know, uh, that album, When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go, is very, very good. The yeah. song Bad Guy is very, very good. 
I don't think it's album or record of the year. I don't think it's song of the year. I, I, against all the other things that she was up against. And she thought that too. She would get up and almost apologize. She'd be yeah. like, you know, uh, you guys are really, really good. But what is she going to do? I mean, I, I think it's because she's so young and we don't think, I don't think anybody thinks that she's reached her peak yet or anything like no. that. So you would think that this goes to somebody like Adele at her peak or Beyonce at her peak or like, uh, or or even when Beck won, you know, something like that at their peak, and it doesn't seem like she's there yet. So yeah, no. I think it's a little overindulgent. It is, and I I do think that you would, they're not going to take risk and give it to Lana Del Rey, which is weird that that would be a risk. Was she there? Did she I see was, her? She was there. They I had I like two seconds of. So she's just there, and she's just like, yeah, I'm not getting shit. <laughs> <laughs> what did she get nominated for? Was it just it was, like alternative? I think or it was. Like I that? think that's album of the year. She was there, was like eight really? nominees, and she was yeah. one. Of, I'm pretty sure. I, oh, I could she be was. Wrong yeah. The, yeah, because yeah. they they announced it as Norman freaking Rockwell. Yeah, I think they on the did. broadcast, and they had like the like just leave that out. <laughs> like, yeah, just call Norman Rockwell. Whatever. Change it. <laughs> Fuck. But it did. It didn't strike me as you know. It was, it was a great year for music. I you know I obviously pay more attention to the indie world, but I feel like a lot was happening, and we've talked about mm. this before. A lot was happening in the larger uh, pop music world, and it didn't. It didn't come out. It, this wasn't a year that was dominated by one person. There was a lot of different stuff going on. Mm-hmm. It's weird that it, Vampire it didn't, Weekend didn't get a, a spot on there. They didn't get nothing. They didn't get to do a song. You would think they... If, if ever there was going to be like a traditional, quote, rock alternative band actually play um, on the Grammys, Portugal the Man did this a couple of years ago. Yeah. Like, throw a bone to Vampire Weekend. That's the most, like, accessible dad rock type of shit that you can put on stage so yeah, do that instead of that fucking run and, dmc and it's, uh, and it's not like they're thing. just kind of like a critic's darling or anything although a lot of critics love them it's the album went to number one yeah yeah, yeah again yeah. again yeah. they've had multiple number one albums now why don't you put that and i don't even we just i'm not a huge vampire weekend fan personally but it seems like if you put them in there you're gonna get more people watching this. i agree i you're agree a lot more people how are they so off on this how do they not okay so we talked about this with the mtv music awards i keep saying all the junk we talked about in the past but whatever we talked about this they they need to get these and get these tight and and have them appeal to different groups and uh, i am not as into a lot of the different musical styles and it all really just a lot of the bands who were there and the artists who were playing and it all started to kind of run together for me Mm. to where even something that i i recognize probably was a, a it was uh, endearing with uh, Kawaii singing with that. She was the one who sang to her dad, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I saw that and kind of like, oh, that's a nice emotional touch. But I was kind of tuned in and tuned out of it the, like the whole time just because I was just kind of like that with the whole thing because it, it just couldn't grab my attention. Well, two things. Did you see the Tyler, the creator when performance? He, I, I came in a little late. Okay, okay. I saw him accept the award, though. Yeah, that was and that, that was, charming was too, right? the best part of the night for me. Yeah, he's such I a weird cat, it. man. I loved it. Everything yeah. he said was just, you know, he thanked obviously his mom. That yeah, was yeah. awesome. Thanked the fans. He thanked the people who helped him. He thanked his influences. It was spot on at every step thanked of Pharrell, the way. Which I yeah, thought was a thought great was comparison to people kind of outside of the norm, but still in the 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 pop stratosphere. Yeah, you know what I, I mean? It was it was great. I I loved it. It made me it's like okay, I need to go check this guy out some more because that was endearing. That was really cool. That album is amazing, by the way. Yeah, that okay. So I need to I need to get on that. And 
Yeah. He's got, he's, you know, he Tyler, the creator, Earl Sweatshirt, uh, Frank Ocean, and I think another person were, were the, the kids that made up Odd Future. Did you ever listen to Odd Future, the uh, hip-hop uh, quartet at the time? I, no, no. Uh, well, you've heard Frank Ocean before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and you probably heard Earl Sweatshirt somewhere. Very talented rapper, but very, they've always been very alternative rapping. Um, almost like Wu-Tang Clan or Tribe Called Quest or something yeah. like that. But a lot more filthy, like yeah. they've they're they're they, especially with Tyler the Creator. He's got very dirty, grimy, gross uh, lyrics. And mm-hmm. in Igor, the one he released this year, he softened it a little bit, and he went in a more like almost Andre three thousand type of uh, direction. And it's awesome. Yeah, he had a lot of comments about that. Oh yeah, where he was like, "I make like this least rap ever." album ever <laughs> oh, that's and, I, right. and i win the uh, rap of the year and then it doesn't get nominated for album of the year yeah, yeah. it's like this other thing which i there there's something weird going on with the grammys mm-hmm. where they are not representing maybe not you know they're not representing certain styles as they should they're not accepting all the different types uh, of music and it's frustrating and it really knocks the you know grammys are definitely way several steps behind a lot of other Mm-hmm. award shows mm-hmm. and it's because of the leadership leadership is just bad with yeah, decisions they're making and who who is getting nominated and the decisions they're making you know along with that who's winning and who is actually playing you know, on the shows yeah. it is not along with what people want and what people care about and so when you get an award it you know and it, it winds up on a shelf in your bathroom is what a lot of people say <laughs> i think uh, i think henry arlen's got one and he said he used it as a doorstop oh jesus <laughs> christ if you had a grammy you'd fuck that grammy right <laughs> i would fuck that grammy like literally it would if if i felt like <laughs> be like having a Stanley it. Cup, man. Dude, you want to do it? I'd be drinking. I'd be drinking out of it before I fucked it. I'd drink, and then I would fuck it. I would have. I would have strong, happy feelings. I have some mixed feelings. But if you weren't like an Academy Award, that's pretty much all good feelings. I'd fuck that too. Well, yeah. I feel like that'd be an even. I feel like that'd be a much bigger <laughs> deal because there is. Even though you know Forrest Gump wins Best Picture or whatever. Yeah. It's still really cool, and it is one of those where it is actually awesome to be nominated because a lot of times the best movie of the year only gets nominated, mm-hmm. and you can say, "Yeah, I was nominated, and I was truly the best of the year." Do you remember like a lot of what was nominated with with the Grammys? I just no, I don't no, feel no, like it's no, there, no. and there's there is no real underground representation of great albums like in the in the Academy Awards, and even to a fault sometimes they will take things that are not so popular right but right. artistically I, yeah. strong and yeah, put yeah. it in there and that to me gives it more relevance and i think that gives it more relevance for the population as a whole i could be wrong no you're very right something like parasite uh which is a great movie a korean movie bong mm-hmm. joon ho did snowpiercer is nominated for uh best picture this year and that's a great uh that's a great idea because what is that analogous to in 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 Grammy world, right? It would be even BTS is too big for that. Yeah. Like it would be some sort of indie record or something like that that would be you know well, think, raised I, to prominence. They've done it somewhere. The Arcade Fire won it famously, and and that was actually that's like the the top like the top moment for the last ten fifteen years or so. Probably so, yeah. And especially they for someone right who after does that, that yeah. Way. And that they fun. were and that's a really really good album. 
Was that the I, funeral that they got? To- uh, no, it was uh, Suburbs. Suburbs, that's right. Yeah, and that's a good album. There's some, the highlights on that album, I think, are phenomenal. Um, why they don't even like give a nomination to, to Big Thief? Yeah. Or yeah. something yeah. like that. Who and I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to it since the last podcast. I have, but I have. you have. Yes. I, do you like it? Yes, of course. Yeah, they're yes. really they're great. Yes. I think they're the best game band going. You know, they don't have to win. They don't have to win. Mm-hmm. But nominate them. Yeah, get them in there, and then somebody like me like has some skin in the game because that's that's my favorite band, right? And so I'm going to be paying more attention, and more likely to watch. So you have the reason I watched. Is I, I don't know. Well, part of it's because we're doing this, and I thought we'd be <laughs> talking about curiosity. it. Yeah, and yeah. it is curiosity, and I'm wanting to learn more about a lot of these groups. And I didn't come away feeling like I knew a whole lot more uh, about about many of these bands. Uh, you know, other than you know, Tyler the Curator, I liked more. I liked Little Nas X more. Oh, I wanted dude. to come back to that. I yeah, loved yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That, that was such was a cool. The whole thing was great. <laughs> And and the way he dresses that crazy pink outfit yep. is awesome. Yep. He looks fantastic in it. And then he brought all of these groups that he did the remixes with. Billy Ray Cyrus came out, and his voice was phenomenal. Yep. And BTS is fun. Yes, they are. That's good. Okay, you got that. Yeah. Build on that. You need more of that that people are actually mm-hmm. going to remember and, and stop it being a four-hour show. Yeah. So yeah. Th- they need to broaden who they're bringing in and you know, scale down these acts to get acts that people actually want to see, and not just you know what some Grammy group think what's to see. Yeah, I, nobody nobody wants to see Blake Shelton and Gwen Stefani sing to each other about how they love each other. No, we don't need to see that. No, exactly, I agree. <laughs> Next topic I want to get on. It's the end of the decade. We've had a lot of lists. <laughs> yeah. I'm not 100% sure where I'm going with this, but I just have a general annoyance. All right. Looking at one list after another after another, uh, best songs and best albums, and these just seem to, all these different ones, even you have different websites or magazines, even if they have kind of a different lane, they all seem to have like the top stuff on, on, on the top 10. Mm-hmm. And that just seems not like how does how do they get to a point where they have that much group thing? I don't know. I don't like it. Like uh, Kendrick Lamar, we I went and I have listened to some of it, mm-hmm. and I like it, mm-hmm. and I can tell the quality is there, the production is there. He obviously is very talented. I don't. I'm not his core audience really. It's not totally. It doesn't totally grab me all the time. But mm-hmm. I understand why people like it. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's awesome. Everybody puts some number one. Yeah. Everybody? Yeah. I mean, look, there's there's sometimes where a Nevermind or a, a Thriller or a Purple Rain or a Lemonade comes around and you just can't help but say, this is objectively one of the best things I've ever seen in my entire life. And uh, I don't know which one they put up there. There's three candidates, Good Kid, Mad City, um, damn, and uh, to pimp a butterfly. I think to pimp yeah, a butterfly. Pimp a butterfly was, was like number typically one. Typically, the number like one. Uh, everybody, but I mean, and, any of those really could be considered as a number one of the last decade. But uh, to to pimp a butterfly is just objectively to me, like you said, it may not be your bag, but you you can stand back. Nirvana may not be your bag, uh, but at you the end can of the stand day, it totally say, was. Love, Nevermind is is a great album. Yeah, you can say Thriller is a great album. You know, you can you can say stuff like that. So I understand the tippy top 
or around that. If it's, you know, one, two, three or whatever like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if if you're seeing a lot of homogeneity like within the top 10 across the board, that's weird. Because there's a lot of albums over the last decade. Like, okay, and maybe it comes like to this with, with me is movies and music are very different. You experience them different. They're personally different. And maybe it's because I'm more of a music guy and listen to listen to music all the time that I have a lot of a lot more taste with artists where you know I love certain things mm-hmm. and I recognize a lot of it uh you know a band like I love like Swerve Driver or something they're just not yeah it's not going to be hugely sure, popular sure, it's sure. not going to yeah, be well yeah. loved that's my thing but then I see you know other bands who I think have put out brilliant albums are and uh it's like how does a a, a, a website that is not usually into Kendrick Lamar with the people that don't talk about, about it a lot. How does it get to number one? And does it even need to be at a point where you have a top 10 list? And I know it's good for, for clicks. Sure. And, you know, of course. ratings or whatever. And so I guess you have to do it. But it, it, it feels to me like music is more subjective than movies. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And so to have just like a list of the top top 10 whatever just really kind of cheats music in general and i and i came out really not liking these lists because of it where i think with a movie you can more debate it and you can say that this is and 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 even if something's not not your movie you can more easily defend it as as being number one Mm -hmm. i don't know i mean i'm not a huge beyonce fan Mm -hmm. and i get a lot of that's musically it's not my thing i like I like a lot of R and B or whatever. Uh, it'll, it'll often be other artists. Mm-hmm. I I almost wish they would just put they like here's here here are all the top albums and you choose what what you sure. like. Out here's of it. here's here's our favorite like without a ranking list, uh-huh. right? Like here's yeah. our favorite of the last favorite thirty of the last decade. Um, I could I could dig on that. Yeah, it it doesn't really do it for me because um, that's a big that's a big thing, you know. Because I said that we could agree, the two of us can agree that Thriller, Nevermind, stuff like that are objectively great. Yes. Uh, but we may not, you know, a lot of people may not want to throw that on and listen to it or something like that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, same goes for, for over the last decade. Like, it should be, there's a big difference between favorite and best. If you've got a website like Stereo Gum or Pitchfork or something like that, that traffics in indie darlings or whatever it is. They should be more kind of like geared towards that, right? This yeah. is our favorite uh, albums of the decade. You know, throw in, uh, you know, Big Thief and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh, instead of you know saying, "Well, we are the authority, so we say that uh, To Pimp a Butterfly is the number one." Blah blah blah. I don't even know if they put To Pimp a Butterfly. Yeah, I did like everybody did. Yeah. And, and going back to the previous decade, everybody put Kid A at number one, <laughs> and. Kid A, I, I think it's no, it's a fantastic album. It's it's not even you know it's not my favorite Radiohead album, dude. <laughs> it, it, we could do a whole thing. podcast on Kid A. You could it's uh, it, it was I, like groundbreaking in the like, and I think that's why a lot of people liked it. Are are the critics liked it? I know. I hate it so much. I hate it so much for the ground that it broke. Yeah, because I didn't like that ground. Uh, I agree. No, it's it's my. Well, I can't say it's my least favorite uh, Radiohead album, but I, it's definitely in the the lower tier for yeah. sure. Um, 
you know, it just it it tickled some people's funny bones, I guess. It's the same thing with uh, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, which we love. Yes, uh, but it it's not an easy album. No, to, it's to, not. To, it's to, it's not one that I chill out and just listen to. Yeah, yeah. I, to, I, I listen to songs off of it, but not like the whole thing all the way through. But that is up there with the best of the the last decade too. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Even though it was right at the beginning of the the last decade. And so, yeah, it should be a difference between favorite and best. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And I don't, how they come, like, it's like there's a conference somewhere where they come to a Maybe decision. Maybe there is. Okay, we need to decide. It's, and, you know, and they come out with kid A at the end of it. And it's just like, <laughs> well, like, well, what happened? Something has gone wrong oh, here. And I, uh, so you think Kendrick Lamar is, like, say, the pimp of butterfly. And, and cause I will listen to you because I haven't paid nearly as much attention to this as you have. Um, like, I believe that needs to be in the top five to top three. Uh, I mean, it's obvious a ton of work and time and thought has had gone into it. And mm-hmm. that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some really cool hooks and, mm-hmm. and the like. I, maybe I'm just more hook oriented and there's well, not could as be, much. I mean, the guy just is such a, a just a, a, a mastery of getting those lyrics out in a way that are so percussive and so, uh, I don't know, emotional. Yeah. Like the way that he delivers those lines is something I haven't heard before. Honestly, the emphasis he puts on some words, uh, and, and his tone just appeals to me. Like people always say that Eminem has some of the, 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 the best flow Mm -hmm. of any rapper out there. And yeah, he does. He does. And, and talk about, ways to frame uh turns of phrases and things like that he's great at that but his tone is just like this yeah. and it just grates on it, me it, and yes. unless it's something like you lose yourself or a few other songs that tone is a little bit like nails on a chalkboard to me mm-hmm. and kendrick lamar's tone is not that it's that, that kind of range right there what are you doing uh and that's perfect for me it's not like the buster rhymes ra- raspy type of thing it's just nice and cool yeah, I like it. I think I like it appeals, appeals to a lot of people. And any more any more thoughts on that? Yeah, okay. So when you think about this last decade. Yeah. And we can all think about like, oh, my favorite album of the nineties is American Water Silver Juice or the Airplane Over the Sea or Nevermind or something like that. Favorite album of the the two thousands uh comes to mind as Maybe the killer's hot stuff, hot fuzz. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? Fuzz? Hot I don't fuzz? know. <laughs> hot, what are, uh, hold on. Let me look this up real quick. What is your favorite uh, album of the, the 2000s, do you think? God, it depends what day it is. I hot don't, fuss. Hot fuss. I, it's like choosing between children. I have trouble. And I'm also, and I'm, I like singles. I, I no, don't yeah, listen yeah. to albums dig, yeah. nearly as much as I used to, but I listen to way more bands yeah. than I used to because of streaming. And it's something I wanted to to put into this is that the decade really has is so different now because you can go and listen to any damn thing you want. That's true. At any point. And it's much easier. Even at the start of the decade, I think it wasn't as common and people didn't do Spotify as much. Now you can go and, you know, if you want to go hear something, it's right there on, on even YouTube. And that has changed how music is. It's changed how I've listened to it. And it's almost made me more shallow because I have like, no, you know, true. like I find like 30 new songs a week. It's and then I don't go as, album. that I don't go, goes back. It kind of is, but it, an album feels like an opera 
and I, I think opera's great, but that belongs to previous centuries. Now we have an album, and you'll have people try to make the album and put it all together and stream it together, but I don't know if it... I, it doesn't feel nearly as essential. I agree. As, when as you think back, I'm, I'm trying to pick out moments that define decades. Smells like teen spirit in the 90s. In the 2000s, I think it was Gnarls Barkley and Crazy. Yes. Um, in, the, in this most recent decade, I think it was probably Uptown Funk. I think it was probably Uptown Funk that, you know, you say, yeah. uh, you put, put that record on and everybody's going to associate it with like 2013 or 2014, whenever it mm-hmm. came out, mid-decade. But they know that that's that decade. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think you're right. We're we should be distilling it down to either moments, singles, or at least bands instead yeah. of albums as kind of like an antiquated thing. But I think that the, they talk about the long tail, and there's always been a ton of bands out there. Now it's all instantly accessible. For me, the big thing, big thing has been changing, is. That now the technology is there. Not not only so for the listener, for me, I can go and listen to anything. For the artist, you can sound like any era you want. Mm-hmm. Oh sure, and that is percolating up into a lot of the underground groups. A lot of bands just totally imitate a band and really, to me, don't have any inspiration behind it. Coretta Van Fleet. <laughs> yes, exactly. There's no inspiration. You're not doing anything new. You'll hear bands that like want to sound like exactly like New Order did in 1983. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah well, yeah. you don't have any songwriting ability. So exactly. it, it sucks. But it's all there. And the idea, like we've kind of had these decades uh, where we had these different types of, of music. You know, the 70s sounded like this. The 80s sounded like this. It feels like now we're at a point where you can sound like anything you want mm-hmm. and it it's all there. I, I feel like in the larger area, in the pop world, that they're trying to, that they they still have that where they try to have a certain sound or whatever. Mm-hmm. But all of these different artists are sounding like different things, and that that is it's it's breaking up. Mm-hmm. And I think technology is a big part of driving that. And I think that's been happening in the last ten years a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's so, a big signifier of uh, the last decade for sure. And it almost feels like Billie Eilish winning all of these is them wanting to say, "No, this is this is the sound. This is it." <laughs> and this, well, and we, she's we're not, anointing she's not wrong, her. Though. She's not wrong, or, or we're not wrong, or whoever is not wrong, because I'm trying to describe this type of mentality, this mood, this it's trap. Kind of. Yeah. It's ASMR, kind of. Yeah. AMSR, ASMR. ASMR. Uh, like, that's pervasive throughout all this SoundCloud rap and mm-hmm. it's getting into pop. Um, the Thank You Next, uh, well, actually, no, uh, uh, Seven Rings from Ariana Grande, very much in that style, like very uh, quiet, deliberate beats and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, so I think that's going to be more working its tendrils uh, into pop music going forward, which I kind of don't like because it works for Billie Eilish, yeah. but I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. I want bombast. I want more bombast in my music. Are people already getting tired of Lizzo? Is that coming so. into this? I hope not. I don't think so. Jeez. I mean, those those two songs, The Truth Hurts and, uh, and uh, Good as Hell, I think are getting overplayed, but that's how it always goes. Yeah, they always You get overplayed that. and then... They'll wait for what a cycle to go through a couple of quarters or whatever, and they'll bring it back. And everybody's like, "Oh yeah, I remember yeah, that." Uh-huh. The same thing happened with uh, Justin uh, Timberlake's uh, uh, dance. Uh, what was it? Uh, Can't fight the feeling. Yeah, the, from the Trolls movie. Uh, that went away for a second, and then came back, and it was like, "Yay!" Same thing happened <laughs> with Uptown Funk. 
why wasn't Juice the huge hit? I don't understand why. Uh, I, I love that song. I love it's Juice so too. instantly accessible. It feels like to me that's her best song. But I also Probably just is. love a big bombastic hook like that. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. And maybe that's maybe Pop just doesn't like that right now. I don't know. Seems maybe weird. So. I could maybe see they just don't lot, play it. I, I think I'll, uh, Lizzo is going to have, unfortunately, probably, and I hope I'm wrong, less impact on pop music overall than Billie Eilish will. But Lizzo will continue to be Lizzo. And we need Lizzo to be Lizzo. Yeah, we do. We don't need another Lizzo. We need Lizzo to do Lizzo. No, but I love I love that kind of pop. Just like, we're going to have fun and be out there, and I'm going to give you an earworm that you're going to love. Oh, yeah. And I, I love it. I'm I, what, I would love that all the time. And yeah, I guess they're not doing that. This one's your topic. Where are we going with this? Uh, Korean boy band. Yeah, BTS. we're back to, <laughs> to BTS, but uh, this new video, right? We talked about, I believe it was J-Hope uh, who did a single with uh, Becky G, the chicken noodle soup thing. That yeah, we talked about yes, we did. Episodes ago. Uh, so J-Hope is a member of this, uh, this boy band, this Korean boy band, who has, I think, 17 members. They don't have 17. Members. They have like seven or eight or something like that. It's uh, uh, J- J-Hope and, and Swope. And RM and Suga and uh, and uh, uh, who else is in there? Uh, uh, anyway, there's a bunch of them. I know them all. Yeah. I know them all, <laughs> and, and I know uh, what they look like uh, because we've done a lot of music video sins on them. Uh, they're they're changing the game, dude. Mm-hmm. Because you remember what was the first big Latin star that you remember? Like, uh, to me, it's Gerardo, yeah. honestly. Uh-huh. Uh, I think before Gerardo, it was Selena uh-huh. was the big thing. I never really listened to Selena. Uh, well, what about Rico Suave? He well, was... that's Gerardo. <laughs> oh, it's just... that Gerardo sang Rico Suave. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. I, I know my uh, shit, baby. I, I am, I, <laughs> I'm showing show now I'm losing my mind because I genuinely loved that song. I did too, man. I had the tape. It's I wore a, it out. Oh, yeah. Oh, but yeah. that was, that was a, it was, it was considered a niche market though, right? Yeah. Uh, Selena, even as popular as she was in the States, certainly in Mexico, Mexico, uh, she was considered niche. And then he started seeing, you know, Gloria Stefan. And then he started seeing Jennifer Lopez. And then he started seeing Mark Anthony and, and all these guys, Ricky Martin. And like all of a sudden, and now Latin music is, is everywhere. Yeah. yeah. I'd say probably around the turn of the century is where it really exploded. And then it stayed there. And I think this K-pop tinkle that we're getting right now with BTS and Hiana and uh, 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 seventeen—that's uh, the name of the group, actually. And uh, there's there's some uh, a lot of big uh, K-pop acts that are kind of like migrating through YouTube mostly. Uh, but I think I think we're poised to have a big K-pop revolution over here, and I think it's probably there to stay. And I think if we're going to go back and point to the the one person like a Selena or the one act like Selena, it's going to be BTS because the energy that they put into their music and their performances is unlike anything I've seen from any of the American boy bands. Uh, and really it's akin to almost like a rock band. The a rock band goes out there, a good rock band. Like when you see guns and roses, they're going to be throwing shit and they're yeah. going to be mm-hmm. running around stage and they're going to be flipping the guitars. And d- d- you know, if you see Motley Crue, Tommy Lee's going to be doing his stick twirl and all that shit. Like they're giving give you a show with a pop act. Sometimes I'll just stand there and just like Ariana Grande and just kind of like sing yeah, for a while. Yeah. Uh, 
So I, I you know, I think because of the how dynamic they are, I think that's going to make a dent. I think it's it's going to be a thing. BTS is going to lead a revolution, my guess. Do you so you think there're going to be other K-pop bands that come over? This isn't just True. a one time because it kind it you're more in tune with this than I am, but it kind of feels like this is like a band made it. This mm-hmm. is going to be our Korean band and there might be one or two other people and then it kind of fizzles out. Nope. Nope, I, no? I, 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 they've already started. In fact, uh, what is the other? Let me uh, just look this up real quick. What is the other uh, girl group that is super popular? I mean, these guys get oh, Blackpink. My God, uh, EXO is another one. Um, some of these, uh, some of these groups have hundreds of millions of views on YouTube, and it's not all uh, from Korea. Like, there's mm-hmm. a huge American following for these guys. And I think it's going to start pervading into like radio play and Spotify lists and stuff like that. Uh, I think it's really going to be like a like a big deal. The reason I bring this up is that I've been watching a lot of BTS music videos over the years yeah. because we started doing music video sends on them. Had on a on a lark, I was like, you know what this this video I forget which one it was. It was a BTS video. It's like this thing has 500 million views. Like, let's just do it. Yeah, it's a not? whole yeah, different link. Yeah. So I had to learn the members. I had uh-huh. to learn the pronunciation of their names. I had to learn. I had to figure out how to get the romanized version of the lyrics because they're even when I pull up the lyrics, I don't know what they're saying because they're <laughs> yeah, fucking Korean. Exactly, so then exactly. you have to translate uh-huh. that to romanized English, and sometimes that translation is That's weird. terrible. Uh, so so I had to do all that stuff. A lot of a lot of work on the front end, uh, and the, our video of that did really really well. Yeah. And uh, it tuned me in. There, in a lot of the comments were saying like, "We're really glad that you guys did this. Like, we, we understand the humor in it, which is of course inherent to the channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you should check out Blackpink, or you should check out EXO, or you should check out Seventeen, and all that stuff." And I was like, "Man, this is like a this is becoming a whole thing." And they just released BTS just released a new video uh, for a song called Black Swan. It's interestingly, yeah. like a Tom York song that that came out not too long ago. Uh, it uh, and it's it's a piece of art. It's a ballet troupe doing dancing to this this uh, really good song, and a lot like other BTS videos, it's not just you know Billy Idol's "Rock the Cradle of Love" where the the girls crawling towards him <laughs> or anything like that. Uh-huh. It's not salacious. It's it's it doesn't always hit the mark, but it's it's art. And I, God bless them. It's visually phenomenal. I right? just love it. I love the setting. Some reason the setting just grabbed me. It's like an abandoned, maybe not abandoned, like being built place. And mm-hmm. that they're in this. And then suddenly there's this light show right in the middle of it where you, I wasn't expecting that. I thought it was going to be kind of stark. And, and they're dancing around with that. That was really cool. Obviously, this is a brilliant dance group. Yeah. They really are on their game. And they do a great job going along with, with the music. I... I love that they brought this in there, that they are this hugely popular band bringing in real, true, you know, dance art into it. Not not, not that there aren't a lot of bands who are not phenomenal dancers and the like, but this is a little bit, this is different. Yeah. Yeah. This is like modern performance art sort of thing, Mm -hmm. but also I think really accessible and the sort of thing that should be out there more that your average person I think likes, Mm -hmm. really likes. So props for them for doing that. I love the video. I love the whole thing. I really yeah. think that there. I, I guess it's hard to make art like this, uh, but I think you can do integrate ballet and integrate, 
you know, visual flair with stuff like like they used to do with Shostakovich and like Verdi and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. Like you can integrate all that stuff. Karl Orff, um, uh, 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 Sia did this really almost in a groundbreaking way and back in 2013 when she did the video for Chandelier. Mm-hmm. Remember that song, Chandelier? I want to swing from the yeah, chandelier. Yeah. She uh, brought in this girl, I think she was like 11 at the time, Maddie Ziegler, who's now acting in movies and stuff like that. And she was this amazing dancer. She's this amazing, you can't even say ballerina. Did you ever see this video? She's in like this burned out apartment or something like no, that. I, and it's just I, her in the blonde wig dancing. And uh, she's incredible. And she's used Maddie Ziegler in, I think, all of her videos since. So I want to see more of this stuff. I want to see, like, great dancers dancing. I want to see, like, great art being put uh, with great music. Or even so-so music. Yeah. (laughs) At least shoot for one thing. Uh You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I I like that they're doing that. I'm afraid a a lot of time with... music with these big popular groups that they want to stay with you know what works this is what we're doing and it's kind of I the same argument about a lot of the uh superhero movies is like mm-hmm. okay yeah it works and you're doing it but there's nothing new and fun yep. and exciting yep. and i'm really gonna feed my soul sort of thing so this really got me nice it's great i, I made mike it. happy <laughs> yay that makes me happy awesome bts cool. i'm telling you BTS. revolution coming mike are these other bands being played on the radio i don't think even well bts has been played on the radio yeah i know they have um, for sure and you uh, know it's so weird we're talking about radio because i listen to radio even satellite radio and stuff like that uh who knows how popular radio still is well i don't mean to ra- insult ra- your profession my no- <laughs> 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 The top 40, even if less people are listening to it, and I still think people put it on the car all the time and they're in the car all the time, but even if less people are listening to that and maybe listening in other ways, it's still going to be the programmed top 40, mm. the song. So is that the sort of thing that they're going to put into it, These any of these other groups? Is anyone else going to get in there? Because kind of my argument was, you know, they're playing BTS. I don't know what else they're going to be playing, but- I could be wrong. I hope they'll play, I'm wrong. They'll play uh, Blackpink. I've heard a Blackpink song. They've also, uh, and it's very shrewd of these K-pop bands, they've aligned themselves with singers like Halsey and Lil Nas X mm-hmm. um, and, and yes. people like that to where That's they'll smart. do their song and have a guest on like a popular thing. This is what happened with Despacito uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, Daddy Yankee uh, did that song that was everywhere, had billions of views and stuff like that. Then he re-released it with Justin Bieber, and then yeah. it went way like into the stratosphere. Uh, so yeah, I mean that's that's a shrewd move to to kind of integrate uh, with the I don't know what I'm doing here, but uh, align <laughs> yourself with an American pop idol, uh, and that'll get you a lot more play. And I think Blackpink is doing it. Hyanna has done it before. Um, you know, we'll have to see what happens with NCT. is very popular. Seventeen is popular. Uh, we'll have to see how it goes. But I think it's coming. Well, time will tell. Yeah. Fascinating. Stay tuned. So we got one more topic today. Uh, I like to bring out bands that I think deserve to have a lot more listens or artists who deserve to have a lot more people Ooh. listening and that I think uh, has a natural audience in there. And, I, and uh, this time I'm going to do Fortet, who oh. is a artist, a producer, a guy who's been done a ton of instrumental music over the last 20 years or so. And I just think he's an awesome 
person. <laughs> I think he's Four an awesome tet. musician. Fortet. Two words. Uh-huh. F-O-U-R-T-E-T. Uh-huh. Like quartet, but fortet. And just, but it's one person. It's only one person. Okay, yeah, okay. it is. It is kind of confusing. Uh, and he's been putting out a lot of instrumental albums over the years. I I don't know if you've heard. Uh, I don't think much I have. of them. Yeah, I think that there's is space in the world for a at least somewhat like more popular instrumental type guy like this who is thoughtful and but he has a lot of hooks and a lot of sound and he's not like Aphex Twin who mm-hmm. I love Aphex Twin mm-hmm. but it's really abrasive and you're not going to get a huge you know a massive audience for that I I think this guy puts out songs that that sound heart, like almost like heartfelt mm-hmm. there is a ton of instrumental music out there and a lot of it, like, you know, your hero dance music has that bump, but it dump, but it dump, but it dump. And it just kind of comes out. It's like, it doesn't really do much for you. Or, you know, it's a decent enough beat and you don't care and you just want to dance or whatever. Uh, but none of his beats sound like that. They all sound like he's built his own and that he, you know, he's put a lot of time and thought into the sounds, the instrumentation, what he puts under it. Um, I've been reading some about him and, and prepping for this. And he doesn't, like, go out and get the biggest latest new software or mm. whatever. He'd like has stuff that, that he has works for him that he wants to be able to control every last bit of the process and every last thing, because he wants to have the different sounds put together and, um, you know, beats that are his own. And it really comes out as more organic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. than I think a lot of dance music sort of does. And it's, People like to call it IDM, intelligent dance music, which oh, almost, like that. almost, it's a little it, it's, it's yeah. pedantic, but it's, yeah. it is a little, but yeah, it totally, <laughs> it kind of works <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because uh, he, you know, he, he has a thought, he has intelligence in it. And he's also, he's produced for a lot of people. You mentioned Sia earlier. He's done stuff with, oh, with yeah. her and he, he, he's done a lot of different uh, things like that. So um, he has an interesting mentality. To where he got, you know, he was with the label and he was doing the, you know, make the album, promote the album, tour, make the album. And he kind of got, he got tired of that. So he realized he's doing like 50 interviews, hmm. you know, and like one of them mattered. Hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, he kind of realized that, you, you know, maybe people aren't doing CDs as much. So he started, like he put out an album and it wouldn't be on CD and it like it didn't matter. Yeah. Because people weren't finding his music by that way they're finding it online especially i think with dance music it's more common to to just find it online and the like so he kind of stepped back and is like i'm gonna try to do this to make my life more human and he became a dad and things like that to where he's like okay well i need to balance this more to where i have this music going uh you know where he's thinking about music all the time and it's integrated into his life and he's not you know, he's not doing 500 interviews mm-hmm. and driving himself nuts. So now he's like releasing his own stuff and putting it all out, all out there. Uh, it helps that he's really good. Yeah. Yeah. That does help. <laughs> but I think this is the way to go. It's almost, in, I keep thinking of Fagazi, uh-huh. who obviously was, you know, totally DIY 100% for their own reasons and like punk rock about it. He is not at all punk mm-hmm. rock about it. He's mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I'm doing a lot of this on my own and doing it my own way. I'm doing what I think works and I'm still able to make good music. And I think that's really heartfelt. And I think that comes across in the music and it's hard to do that in instrumental music. It's made out of a lot of, you know, a lot of samples and 
mm-hmm. and and are you know and stuff all computer based. She doesn't like play a guitar, but it'll have like a guitar sound. So really, I'm glad you brought this up because yeah. we don't talk a, enough about instrumental music, and it used to be everywhere, right? Like, yes. uh, I mean, when you go to the the indie world, like you know, Mogwai and uh, and Tortoise and stuff like that, there were. Um, Apples and Stereo had a, a few instrumental yeah, albums. Yeah, oh, they're beautiful. Uh, like uh, there was there was a lot of that. Even Slint to a certain extent. Like uh, there was a lot of that instrumental stuff, and it it I think it bled over into the pop music because Moby was very popular for uh-huh. a while there. Yeah. Uh, before he started dating Natalie Portman. Uh, I don't know if you heard that story, but it was yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, instrumental music has has kind of gone by the wayside. You had a bit of Skrillex come out. Yeah. Uh, you know, fairly recently. But that was that was more. He he seems like a talented dude, but like that was more of like a flash in the pan type of thing. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I I wish I need to listen to more instrumental music. I listen I listen to orchestral music, but I don't listen to listen to modern instrumental music like Mogwai and stuff like that that I used to really really get down with. There's a, a great band, Explosions in the Sky. Uh, that does that's still doing stuff right now. Uh, Alluvium uh, mm-hmm. just yeah. re- released yeah. a couple yes. albums. Yes, have you listened to Alluvium? I like Alluvium. Yeah, you know I know Matt. The, you do? Yeah, that's my buddy Dave. It's his brother. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Alluvium is great. Yeah, I was hanging out with uh, well, I was texting with Dave the other day, and I was asking how Matt was doing. But they he's putting out albums. He also became a father, and you can tell a big tonal shift in what he's doing. It now. changes you. I, but man, I want to get back into it. I'm glad you you. I know that what you're talking about is more like dance music and hooks yeah. and stuff like that. But I like instrumental music. I need to get back into that. You know, it's something you made me think about. If you go back and look at number one hits in like the 50s and 60s, uh-huh. and 60s a lot, there are, you know, a, lot, a ton of songs you've heard. And then there'll be some instrumental that you've heard a thousand times and you had no idea it was a number one. Right. <laughs> and I can't think of any off the top of my head. But uh, but you, like, if you look through the list, you've heard it. You know it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because there well, was like tequila, a right? Tequila, yeah, <laughs> that, that's something. But even like silly, like there'll be a silly string like theme to a, a to a, a um, like a to TV a, show, to a movie, yeah, TV yeah, show yeah. or a movie or something, and it it will go number one. Wow, there was like an audience for it, and I think that's kind of fun. And I don't, I don't know if Fortet could ever hit number one, and he's not exactly like a, a guy who does a like I said, he doesn't do a ton. Of media events and like he doesn't play that game really but it a lot of the songs are these pretty instantly accessible things like you hear it once and you're like oh yeah that, that's nice and you can t- and it sounds good and it, it's not abrasive at at all he mm. can do abrasive he's had some but that's not really his style and it, it's good to get, in, get into anytime he puts out a single for me it's an event i'm gonna listen to it i'm gonna play it on my show it's he he is the best. He is the best in that instrumental world right now. Sold me. In my mind. So give him a listen if uh if that sounds good to you. I'm trying to get I'm trying to get these these bands. Like I think I feel like King Gizzard has an audience. Yeah, it yeah. has a bigger yeah, yeah. audience. Yeah. I feel like Big Thief has a bigger audience than they get and they don't um they don't get any of that like talk in like a mainstream way that like a really awesome artsy artsy a really awesome like underground movie would mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and i think that that needs to be more in the world so fortet you there sold you go. me baby there you go awesome nice thanks got anything else i think we're good baby
I'm no. having fun. This is That's fun. That's awesome. Yeah, I really enjoy this. Thanks so much for uh, thanks for taking the time, Barrett. Thank you at home yeah. or at work or the car or wherever the hell you are. Thanks for taking the time <laughs> to listen to us. It's uh, a real pleasure to have you on. Uh, I have been really bad at Twitter <laughs> lately. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's not something that it's, comes easily to me. had some stuff going on. Yeah, I've had, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it is 50-50 podcast, uh, five zero. Uh, 50 spelled out five zero <laughs> podcast yeah i made that as confusing as possible for all of you at home but i'll be putting out some more music there um thanks everybody i really appreciate it yeah see you next time awesome uh yeah alluvium is I think I have the uh, pitchfork uh, review pulled up, which I read the stereo gum review, uh, which was pretty good. I didn't read the pitchfork. I'm I'm just a stereo gum. Fucking pitchfork. I love and hate pitchfork. Like everybody else that listens to music. Yeah. (laughs) I, they just, they annoy me and I hate the rating system with the passion. And that's, I hate the revisionist rating system. I think. It was, I think it was Airplane Over the Sea that they gave like a 6.7 or something like that at the time in 98, yeah. and then they came back just a few months ago and gave it a, a 10.0. Um, I do like those Sunday long reads, though. You ever read those? I have read some of those, yeah. They're really, like they're really good when they go into that. I hate the rating system with such a passion, and it, they're like so confident about what they do. And then I will remember the rating on certain albums and it starts to influence the way I'm thinking oh, about them and I don't like that. Other places I can see they'll you know get three and a half stars or four stars. Mm-hmm. Somehow that 10 point scale like with the decimal <laughs> just fucks with you. Yeah. It just does. <laughs> I agree. I agree.